Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for another episode of How to Speak Maintenance. If you're joining us for the first time, once again, thank you for spending time with us. I'm always excited to have these conversations. Our discussions today are about the maintenance hiring process and processes companies use to determine skill level on an outside candidate. So my name is Jason Fine, and I'm the Maintenance Services Director at Camden Property Trust. And with me is Becca Ramadi with the uh, TAAEF. She's the vice president there. Good morning, Becca. Good morning, Jan. Good afternoon, Jason. Yeah, it's afternoon. I always, I always get all messed up. With us today, we have a special guest. Our guest is Sarah Lee Reyna, and she's the regional director at Indio Management. Welcome, Sarah Lee. Thank you. Yeah. Would you would you mind telling the listeners about yourself and your position and, and a little bit about your, your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I started in the industry just a little over 20 years ago. And, um, you know, I started out as a part time leasing. Um, you know, I was working um, at a law office and decided that that just wasn't for me. I had more personality to offer. And so I just, uh, I wanted an industry that I could grow with and develop and learn. And um, so I, I went into the leasing profession and then from leasing became, you know, an assistant manager and then. Um, you know, became a leasing trainer to help develop new leasing professionals like myself that was coming into our industry. Um, and then, you know, from there, I moved up to a property manager position and then became a regional mentor. Um, and then shortly, you know, after that became a district manager and a regional. So, you know, I've worked in in all different, um, you know, levels and, and positions in our industry. That's great. When we were talking earlier, you were, you were discussing your 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 love for maintenance and your passion for maintenance. Would you mind kind of talking about that a little bit? Yeah. So intermittently, you know, while I was, you know, trying to find out where I was going and moving in my career, I worked with, you know, my parents in a um, lawnmower repair business. And, um, you know, I just really enjoyed um, the logistics of all of that. And, you know, maintenance guys, um, you know, in working with them and developing them, you know, like we said, you know, when when providing tests, you know, these uh, aptitude tests and things like that for maintenance guys, we we really look at this is really just finding that skill set level, right? And uh, just really identifying, you know, the skill sets, no matter what the position is, it's like you said, it's not really a, a uh, you're not going to qualify or qualify. It's really to understand what their skill set is and what their needs are. So, um, you know, I get with my maintenance guys, you know, talking about, you know, making sure their their Freon's good, making sure, you know, do you need me to come help you with a tub manifold or, you know, do you need me to come help you put Freon in or um, so I joke with them all the time about getting out in the field and they always, you know, joke with me and say, yeah, come on, come on, help us. We got five AC calls. Let's, let's do it. So, um, I do really generally have a passion um, for maintenance and what these guys do because they are generally the heart of our industry. That's great. Your experience and your passion for maintenance is going to, it's going to be well for this call. Cause that's what we're all about is how to connect maintenance and office and management to be able to work more productively at the site level. So excited about this call. So. Unfortunately, our other guest, Floyd Smith, was not able to join us. So, Floyd, if you're listening, I promise you we'll get you on another call. So he's a he's a great guy and he's gonna bring a lot to these calls. So, you know, so today we're talking about the maintenance hiring process. It's a big, it's a big uh hairy beast, if you want to call it that. A, a lot of companies are struggling with trying to find good candidates and candidates that can be able to fit the needs of the community and be able to help the entire team. So I like that you brought up the maintenance aptitude test. Um, have you ever had an experience with the maintenance aptitude test or are you guys using one now? 
Yeah, it's actually something that, um, you know, my company, India Management, we actually do utilize the aptitude test. Um, we have regional maintenance directors within our company, um, you know, that we have that help facilitate that with new hires or people or candidates that we might be interested in. Wow, that's great. I, I remember, you know, from my experience when I was, I first started in the industry that I, I had to take one of those maintenance aptitude tests. And, and, and when I was, um, I was a maintenance hiring specialist at my last company. And I remember we would sit down and, and we saw, you could see the scores and you get excited when you saw somebody with a high score on the maintenance aptitude test. And you said, yes, this is going to translate into a, a qualified candidate. And I, I remember and sometimes it did work out that way and sometimes it didn't. Did, have you ever seen that where somebody scored high? Maybe they're a good test taker and they, yeah. they, you know, they were able to kind of get through the test and, but then it didn't really translate into great hands-on experience. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. They, yeah, we, we, I think we've all had that in our industry where somebody, yeah, takes a test and passes it with flying colors, but when they're put out on site and to test their skills to actually physically doing the work, it, it becomes a little bit different or handling challenges differently. Yeah. Speaks to this industry's higher in, in general is that there's a lot to look at and there's a lot of different levels of what a person can bring to the industry that can go beyond tests. So I think it's important, you know, one of the things TAA's Education Foundation and our Room to Grow campaign fo focuses on is bringing new talent into the industry. And so I'm here to emphasize that we don't want these tests to be, um, you know, a barrier to bringing someone new in because you might be able to teach them better skills and and not have to unteach them bad habits that they may have learned at a different company. So I love what you guys are both saying about using them as a way to know what they know and don't know, rather than if they should be hired or not. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. Do you... I always like to ask this question. Do you have any uh, maintenance interview questions that are your go-to uh, questions when you're interviewing a maintenance candidate? Oh my goodness. I think probably, um, you know, my, probably my favorite question when interviewing maintenance, whether it be a lead maintenance director, a, um, a, a porter, a make ready, a, a tech. Um, I think probably my number one favorite question to ask them is, um, you know, what is your number one skill? What is your number one asset that you believe? And what's your number one weak weakness? And how do we develop that? That's a good you know, one. Yeah. I think it's important, you know, because everybody wants to say, oh, well, my strengths are uh, air conditioning or my strengths are plumbing or, you know, I'm really good at electrical stuff or I can, man, I can do she rock like, you know, nobody. Um, but understanding like, what skills that they have to develop and, um, you know, how we can help them be even better in our industry um, to help us be successful. Uh, definitely. Hey, Listen, I think a lot. Hey, do, yeah, you have, do you have a favorite maintenance question to ask when hiring? I do. I do. I was, uh, I, I, you get a lot of people, uh, candidates that will come in and say, I'm universally certified. And as, as we all know, if you're universally certified, it doesn't mean that you have experience. You know, the, the test is a lot of dates and a lot of facts. And it's, it's not really, um, you know, about how to properly repair or diagnose or troubleshoot an HVAC unit. So I always like to ask the question, do, you know, what are the four wire colors on a non heat pump thermostat and what are their functions? And it's great because a lot of times, 
that it'll get the person to say, I, I don't know. And, and you can tell when they're guessing. And then, but then that's a good opportunity for you to kind of show them, look, I, I want to figure out what your skill level is so then I can be able to put you in the right position. I don't want to put you at a property because we think you're an expert HVAC tech. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, and I'm requiring you to do 10 HVAC repairs in a day. And, and now all of a you got the deer in the headlights look and you're, and you're worried. And, and now we've set you up to fail. So like yeah. you said, Sarah, you know, we want to try to help you with your, your opportunities and we want to help you grow. So uh, I think that's a great question. Yeah, I think it's a lot about development right now. I think with our um, generation that's coming into our industry and our field, it's imperative and it's important. And I think that we have to be intentional about, you know, um, you know, giving them opportunities to have the skill sets to be successful in our industry. And, you know, these make readies or porters or, you know, technicians, you know, giving them those skill sets and empowering our lead maintenance directors to give them the skill sets and to teach them and train them and cross train to grow in our industry. I think it's, I think it's really important. Yeah. I think every maintenance team is when they have an open spot, they're very emotional, right? They need that, that body, that person, that, that workload is, is, is growing on them. And so they, they want the best technician. And I've seen it before where teams will have an open position for 200 days because they're looking for that perfect candidate and they're bypassing all these green candidates. Meanwhile, yeah. if we would have hired one of those green candidates 200 days ago, what sort of training could I give them over 200 days? I think it's a, a big opportunity. Uh, exactly. And you couldn't have said it, you know, just better right now, because I, I literally have a property that I have a maintenance supervisor at right now. I have a, a technician assistant. Um, and, you know, we've been looking for a make ready technician that maybe has a little bit more, you know, initiative, maybe a little bit more skill set. Um, and, you know, he said, I've got this guy, I've been, you know, temping him, he's doing great, he comes to work every day, he's here, he's dedicated, he's devoted. And I said, then let's develop him. Let's teach him. Let's grow him. And he said, you know, I hadn't thought about it that way. I said, let's stop looking for somebody that has a little bit more experience and start investing our experience into him. I'm curious, where in the process of hiring are you inserting these assessments? We we don't use an assessment at Camden. Um, so I would look to Sarah to be yeah. able to let us know. We would usually use this assessment um, after a first interview, um, you know, after a meet and greet. Um, you know, um, I think it's important when we're starting to interview candidates that it's, you know, it's not um, a very, uh, you know, black tie, like very, I think it's, I think it's good to have a, a first time open conversation to understand what they're looking for, what you're looking for. Um, and then you know, when that connection is made, then set that second interview up with a regional maintenance director or a tenured or seasoned um, maintenance supervisor that can assist you and then get them together to say, hey, we just had this aptitude test. It's very simple. It's, you know, 20 questions. It's just for us to understand your skill set um, and what position might suit you best. That's great. I had an opportunity. I have a good friend in Dallas. His name is Sandin Porter. And he, I was able to sit in on an interview with him one time and he took the candidate up to a vacant apartment and opened up an HVAC unit and said, show me what you know. And it was a heat pump unit. So he was looking for him to start pointing out some of the heat, heat pump issues or, you know, parts. And, and he asked him like, what kind of unit is this? And what do you see? And, and it was, it was a great way to, to get the person to, to sit down and say, 
oh, I see this, I see that. And, and you could tell yeah. what his skill level was. So I don't, I would recommend that highly recommend it to anybody listening that to be able to get somebody to open up and show you their skill level, just take them in a vacant apartment and yeah. have them walk you around and, and tell, identify different components in the apartment and tell them their skill level. So I love that. I think that's fantastic. And, you know, as a company right now, you know, with learning and developing and, and just teaching and, and having the opportunity to teach and, and grow our current employees and also our employees that are coming in. You know, one thing that, you know, we're doing is we're, we're taking it to the next level by, um, you know, we have a, a built together apartment that we have that's going to be a test unit apartment where we're going to be able to see people's skill sets or teach or train. So we actually have a training facility that our company is actually implementing to help grow and develop not only our current employees, but our soon to come as well. Wow, I like that. I mean, that's it takes a lot for a company to invest that money and time and space. I mean, space is a valuable commodity. And for you yes. to take it and turn it into a training room and, and it's not a rentable item, now all of a sudden it, it can, it, you really need to make sure that you're utilizing that space. So are you planning on using that space to do a hands-on uh, interview process? Or is that what I heard? Um, yes, that's correct. Our actually our vice president of operations and maintenance, um, Matt Anderson, is developing that with some of our regional maintenance directors and supervisors within our company, um, so that we have that um, training facility and training area for our teams to go in and learn, and or um, you know take the opportunity to teach others. Um, we're going to have mentors that we're going to invest in it within our company to um, help teach others as well. So. Um, and then, like you said, in the hiring process or in that may be an opportunity where we say, okay, here are some items, like what are your skill set? And, you know, um, so, you know, I think it's an, an awesome opportunity just, you know, for the people that are here existing and the people that are coming in. And it's just another way to help our maintenance guys be successful. I love it. Hey, if Matt Anderson ever wants to be on our podcast, he is more than welcome to. I would love to talk to him and get his thoughts yeah. on on his uh, new adventure with the training center. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely reach out to him and see if we can't get him on here. I'm sure he'd love it. Yeah. Do you, um, do you find that it's important to try to get candidates in the door and get interviews as quickly as possible? I do. I think that um, it's important when you receive a candidate or a lead for a candidate um, that you jump on that immediately because with the market and the lack of um, new candidates that are, you know, um, have the ability or know someone in our industry, I think it's important that you you need to take the opportunity to pick up the phone, take five minutes. Like I said, First call doesn't have to be a formal. It can be just a meet and greet. Hey, I, I received your information. I'm really interested. And I think you have to create that importance of, we have an amazing opportunity. I think it's important that we let these new maintenance guys know or these teams know, we have an awesome opportunity. Um, because I think sometimes we get wrapped up in the logistics of, so tell me, you know, what your this is and what your skill set is and, you know, what, you know, what you know and what you, but you know, we need to take a minute in our industry to stop and just say, hey, how are you? I'm so glad you reached out to me. I have an amazing opportunity for you. And we need to get these maintenance guys and these guys want to be in our industry excited about what we're doing. I agree. And we, we've, we've talked about this on Hints from HR and here as well, just that, you know, culture fit is so important. And yeah. increasingly, 
it's um, a non-negotiable for a lot of people. And so making sure that you have that time with them to talk about the culture, to find out what they're looking for. Does that fit what you're looking for? Is really one of those setting people up for success things. You know, we've talked about how you can teach skill. You can't teach attitude or, you know, want, you know, grit, those kinds of things. So I think it's great to have that focus, um, not just on, uh, you know, the skills, because those can be taught, especially in a green candidate, a new candidate. Um, but that other stuff is harder and requires some care and time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's important for sure, you know. Yeah, if that uh, pool of qualified maintenance employees is so small and it's shrinking by the, by the day, it, it's it's super important to jump on these candidates as quickly as possible, right? Like you said, Sarah Lee, that we have to make sure that we're we're grabbing their attention and we're we're getting them in the process and then we're you know empowering our maintenance supervisors possibly to make a bit, a decision if they're going to be managing the this technician then you know why couldn't this the manager and the maintenance supervisor sit down and say this is our budget and this is what you know we're looking for and and collectively if we get a good candidate in the door don't let them walk out right yes because if they if they put their application out to 10 different companies chances are they might get eight different phone calls and hopefully we're the first one and we're the last one that they that they choose to accept so yes absolutely you want to be the first one and the last one <laughs> <laughs> yes i definitely agree with that well um any other tricks that you've acquired through your years of experience any other you know besides the aptitude test or you know the trick questions or anything like that that you'd like to share you know i think it's important that you know when we're interviewing um, you know, for maintenance guys, you know, a lot of the time, you know, they kind of feel, I think sometimes from my prior and, you know, past experience, sometimes they feel like, you know, that, um, you know, their, their place or their position isn't as, you know, uh, great or wonderful as the office staff. And so I think it's important when you're interviewing, um, and you're reaching out to those employees that you bring in the other team members just to um, say, I'd like to introduce you to so-and-so and so-and-so. They they do the leasing here, or this is the manager, you know, for this, you know, site, or this is the assistant manager for this site. And I think it's important that, you know, you, you let them, you know, uh, tell you, um, you know, how they would make your community better and, you know, what they have to bring to your community and your team. Um, and so I just think it's important building that communication um, and building that bond, um, you know, from the first point of contact so that they initially feel that connection with that team. That's great. I, I like the that you brought in other people. Is are you bringing in leasing consultants too? Is that what yeah. you? That's great. I, when I'm interviewing for any kind of maintenance position, I am introducing entire staffs to them of wow. you know, first round, you know, interview. Um, and you know, most of the time, um, I will tell you, um, you know, we've had some second round interviews that have come in, and um, you know, and sometimes, you know. Uh, for higher, you know, level positions in our maintenance industry, you know, third level comes in by then they've met half the company. And I mean, well, they're family by then. So, you know, it's a, it's a done deal. So I think it's important, you know, integrating your inside staff and your outside staff when, when completing that interview process. 
Yeah. Sounds like it's meeting a significant other's family for the very first time. You're, you're going to meet the aunts <laughs> and the uncles and the cousins. and <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's great. Multi-family, big, big old family here. That's a hundred percent accurate statement there. I think one of my, one of my favorite questions is that, that I've been asking is, uh, are there any questions that you have? I mean, this is not only an opportunity for you for me to see if I want to interview you or if I want to give you an opportunity, it's also an opportunity for you to interview me and see if you even want to come to work for the company. And that question to me has been a lot of fun because it gets them talking and you can see how much uh, it, it maybe investigative work they've put into trying to find out more about the company or the position. And and it, it's, it really kind of highlights, you know, where their head's at as well. Sometimes if they, if they attack it with money right away, it's a money question, then, you know, maybe, maybe it's a money thing that they're looking for, right? Yeah. Everybody's motivated differently. Some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by, you know, um, uh, recognition. Some people are motivated by challenges. Some people, you know, everybody's different. So I think it's important just, you know, in, in asking those questions and finding that out. And if it is, you know, brought up there, sometimes it's not all about the money. Sometimes it's about the people you work with and who you're around. Uh, I agree with that one because you're going to spend more time at work than you yep. are going to at home. So you better enjoy hanging out with people that you're That's working with. So, And you better like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Becca, do you have any other questions or no? No, no other questions. Just that we'll be back with another episode of How to Speak Maintenance on June 28th. And I think that's it. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time today, Sarah Lee. I, I really enjoyed talking with you and and it, and it was very impressive what you've done. And and I, I know that the listeners are going to have some some takeaways that they can be able to utilize at their their property going forward. So I also want to let her. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I also want to let our listeners know that these conversation conversations are available on the go as a podcast wherever you download your podcasts, as well as on Facebook and LinkedIn. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.